Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 28th of January 2017. And as always, I'll start with news about the writing. Dead of Night, which is my current novel, it's going to be a 50,000-word novel, uh, has another 5,000 words written as of today. Um, the words came very free and easy today, which is great. And I'm now up to, well, it's it's actually, it should be 15K, but it's 16K, because I always write over the 5,000 words. So those little 300 extras every week soon add up. So we're actually at 16,000 words. And I put the graphic of that on the page of resources for this particular podcast diary. So it's working very well. Uh, the writing's coming very easily. Um, it's, it's funny, isn't it, how you find your own pace with writing books. I'm sure that if you're listening to this, everybody listening will have a different way of writing, but it really suits me doing the 5,000 words per day system. It was a pattern that I fell into very quickly and, and it just suits me really fine. And the way I do it is my, my wife leaves the house at 10 to go to work and she's back at about uh, 2.30. And so I carve the day up. I write in a 60 minute, 60 minute, then 90 minute block. And that gets the 5,000 words done. And what I like to do with it is I like to mull it over during the week. So I think through what I've written. I think through what I need to write and I put the detail on and have all the ideas. And I always make sure now that I've planned the night before. So each of the, the three parts that I write during a day has quite a de- detailed outline. So I know exactly uh, what I'm going to write. Now, I say I know exactly what I'm going to write. I had it all written down for today. In actual fact, I have better ideas when I'm writing. So I do tweak stuff. But uh, it goes back to this concept of flight plan, which I keep talking about in these diaries, this idea that I know where I'm going, but I'm happy to adjust the, the aeroplane as we're heading there. But we always get at the destination, which frankly is going to be you know a 50,000-word novel uh, by the end of March. So very pleased that that book's coming along nicely. Uh, the plot seems to be developing well, and I'll let you know if I get into any scrapes or problems with it. Interestingly, I, I ordered the cover for Dead of Night via Fiverr from the, the contractor that I'd used, or the outsourcer, I should say, that I'd used a couple of weeks ago. And I've been very happy with the three covers that I'd got for the first three books, except that the, the first cover had come back with a, with a hue or a tint on it, which I didn't like. And um, I said, oh, will you change that? And it, it, I wasn't making myself understood. So I just thought, well, I know enough about Photoshop. Once I've got the, the source files, the PSD file, I know enough to remove the layer to take that off. So I just paid for it, said thank you very much, and took the file. Well, um, again, on, on this week's book cover, it came back and the, the text and the fonts were all great. The, the layout's really good. It's, it's always something that I can't do. Um, I, you know, I can do the geeky bits. I can go into the layers, and once somebody's done the work, I can change it. Um, but the way the designer had done the lettering was, you know, way better than I would have done it. Um, she'd done dead of night, and the of was small, and it worked really well with the with the dead and the night. So I would never have thought of doing that because I, I I think in far too linear a way. Um, but she'd put these you know weird filters on again and again I, I said can you take the filters off I just want the photo I'm happy with the photo and um, and I wasn't making myself understood so you know this is always a problem with Fiverr and it is a problem um, you know if obviously if you go abroad for contractors they can be very talented but sometimes you just can't make yourself understood with the language and this is kind of what you pay for if you fork out to get somebody in the UK you know, I don't have any of these problems when I'm dealing with um, you know for instance bespokebookcovers.com and I've been to Peter to get the covers done 
but at the moment I'm running on a budget so I want to get these launched with you know cheap but hopefully reasonable quality covers and then I'll come in and swoop and when I can afford it I'll pay for the the full price uh, covers but you know I, I, I gotta say you know I always have satisfactory the, the more the more money I pay the better the experience I get that's always true but unfortunately I can't always afford to pay the money so uh, that's why why I am where I am uh, but I will get you know for a very low fee four covers that are perfectly good for the four thrillers which I'll be able to launch uh, well the first three thrillers will go by the end of March probably and then the other one as soon as it comes back from my proofreader um, the other thing I did uh, at the weekend after recording last week's diary was I formatted Don't Tell Meg in Vellum. So I, I'd set this up and I played around with it just to make sure that I could access Vellum via my PC using Mac in Cloud. And if you want to see how to do that, go to paulteague.com. I've done a full blog and demonstration video about it. But it, I tell you, God, it works brilliant. I can see why people are raving about Vellum. Wow, wow, wow. That is so easy to format your books and they look really classy. It was, I didn't, you know, I never read any instructions. I just figure it out because my view of a good software is I shouldn't have to read instructions. If it's good software, it should be intuitive and I shouldn't have to read anything unless I get into a real kind of maybe detailed fix. But I should be able to just dive in if it's good software. Well, Vellum's just like that. And my goodness, it makes it easy. And the book looks so classy when it's done. So now, of course, having discovered this, I'm going to have to go back to all my books, which I extracted as HTML files and then sort of played around with the HTML because I know how to do that in Dreamweaver. Well, do you know what? You know, if you're doing any other any other thing but Vellum, don't bother. Vellum's just so easy. It's brilliant. So I can see why all the Mac users are raving about it. I have found a way around it if you are a PC user and I can't recommend it to you highly enough. Well worth buying. And actually, I'm really pleased that I just bought Vellum outright for whatever it was, you know, 100 and whatever it was pounds by the time we'd converted the dollars. Because I think they charge, it's, again, you know, I'm doing the conversions in my head, but it's 20, 30 pounds per book if you do them one at a time. Once you've tried it, you'll love it. <laughs> you know, you'll just want to do everything in it. Unless you outsource your formatting, you're just going to love Vellum. It's brilliant. And the, the other thing that really excites me is that it, um, it I mean, it just does everything. Um, you know, the little indents at the beginning of, of each paragraph. Oh, what a job I have with uh, Microsoft Word and with even with Scrivener doing those indents. But Vellum, it just... It just like magically reads your mind and it does it for you. It's just absolutely amazing bit of software. So um, as you can tell, I like Vellum and I, I really, you know, you really need to give it a try. If you haven't tried it yet or if you're on a PC, please use my workaround to access Vellum because it just works beautifully. Now, uh, it also manages uh, eBooks with photos. And I am going to, uh, you know, I said to you last week that I'm going to uh, revamp the nonfiction books that I've got for another year. But to be honest with you, if I'm doing them in Vellum, the whole thing becomes easy all of a sudden um, because it formats them beautifully. So, um, very, you know, very excited by that and by the opportunities that Vellum gives me for actually putting images in books and squashing them to the right size for the web and, and everything. So that's all very exciting stuff, but I'll let you know how I get on. But for a straightforward uh, fiction book, absolute breeze in Vellum. So the, the PT non-fiction titles are all back now. Uh, that turned out to be a complete fool's errand. My goodness me, what a fool's errand that turned out to be. So... I wanted to use PTIG for the thrillers, so I thought, all right, I won't maintain these non-fiction books anymore. I'll just unpublish all the books, and I'll use it for the thrillers. Okay, but that was easier said than done, because although I, I could unpublish my books, a load of scammers who are selling my books, I don't know what they're up to, but they're selling the £100 or whatever it is, they all come in under the PTIG title. Now, uh, since I've relisted the books, I have had another thought 
um, of something that I might try, which is to delete the PTG author profile if I can, and then to create the PTG author profile again, because I'm the owner of that profile. I thought, well, that, that might work if I did that. So I might have a go at that later. Who, who knows? I might do. Um, but this has just been a fool's errand. I basically unlisted the books, contacted uh, CreateSpace, told them to unlist the physical books, found out that it was a problem, decided that it was better to have my author name with my books on rather than these scammy books. So I've just put them all back again. <laughs> and, you know, just out of interest, um, just to let you know about this, because obviously Kindles you can just turn on and turn off, with the CreateSpace books, they also could reactivate my books just like that, and they did that very quickly for me. Um, so what I learned from that is... You know, number one, it was a fool's errand, and it's wasted a lot of my time just messing around toing and froing on something that should be quite simple. But number two, I didn't realise you could switch. You know, I actually unlisted those books on Create Space and held my breath when I contacted support and said, "Will you relist those again?" And they had them relisted in no time at all. So at least that was some good news to come of that, and I've learned something new as a result of working with Create Space. I've been spending uh, some more money on software this week, and I just bought. Dragon Dictation software. I can't remember what I was reading, and I just thought, you know, this is this is just a purchase I'm going to make. Whether I use it now, whether I use it later, uh, you know, whether I just use it for transcriptions, this is clearly something I need to buy because people get so excited about it. And I went for the latest, which is, I think, Dragon Dictation 15. Now, what I discovered after I bought it is that if you buy Dragon Dictation software, you get an affiliate link. Well, in fact, I say it's an affiliate link. I think, I think if I share it, I get a voucher or something like that. I'm not sure what I get. But the more important thing is, is that the buyer gets 20% off. Now, I've never seen one of these before, but um, Dragon Dictation software is expensive and 20% is worth having. So, um, you know, although it is my affiliate link uh, and I get whatever I get, a £15 dollar voucher um, from Amazon or whatever it is, I want to recommend it to you because if you are thinking of Dragon Dictation software, please don't do what I've just done because I, I had no, I didn't have an affiliate link. I didn't have a way of getting it cheaper. Uh, but I would have liked 20% knocked off mine. I wish I'd had one of those discounts. So let me share that with you now. If you are thinking of getting Dragon Dictation software, I've just bought 15. Uh, just go to selfpublishingjourneys.com slash dragon, and that will take you to my referral link, and you'll get 20% off. Now, the software, I can't remember what it is. Uh, you know, in pounds, it's 200 and something. 20% off is 40 quid. You know, 40 quid's worth having, and I wish I'd had 40 quid off. So I'm sharing that with you in the spirit of goodwill. Be aware that it is an affiliate link, and I will get a kickback, but it's the only way that I know of that you can get 20% off Dragon Software, and I certainly wish I'd had that. Um, another thing I did, uh, because I've now got um, Don't Tell Meg formatted in Vellum, and I've now got a cover for it, so I don't intend to release it until March sometime. It might even be later than that. Um, I thought what I would do is I'd just stick it on Kindle Scout, just see how Kindle Scout works. Just, you know, learn a new trick. Now, I'm not playing... I don't play beauty contest games. So when when there are these competitions, you know, writing competitions, where it says, oh, get your friends to like this. You know, they're just beauty competitions. They're popularity contests. So I won't play that game in anything. Um, you know, I, I, I and Kindle Scout seems to be a little bit about that. You know, sharing it with people and getting them to nominate it and things like that. Well, I just don't do that kind of thing. I just don't doesn't suit me. It doesn't suit my my temperament or my personality. So I've just I've stuck this thing on Kindle Scout. I've stuck it on mainly because I want to have the experience. I want to know, you know, from a teaching sharing point of view, I want to know how Kindle Scout works. I don't have any uh, particular expectations of it. 
and I could list it for however many days I need to list it on Kindle Scout without it interfering with me launching the books for my earliest launch date if I want to do it on the 23rd of March. So I just thought, do you know what? Um, when I was interviewing uh, John Cronshaw a couple of weeks ago, John mentioned that he was doing that, again, with no particular expectations. So I've just done the same thing, and we'll see how it goes. Um, but it's just sitting there. Interestingly, as soon as I listed it, the, the vultures come swooping, and there are people, just for your information, who who watch out for the Kindle Scouts. And guess what? You know, for a price, they can share your book with people to, to move it up the charts. Well, you know, as I say, I'm not playing that those silly games. Um, it can go there, and it can, you know, it can thrive or not, whatever. Um, but I just wanted to have that Kindle Scout experience as part of my own broader experience just to see how it works um it's very very simple because when i listed the book interestingly um i, I keep dithering about this author name and i i'd put it up as what i'd put it as rpt which is my dad's initials and then i'd had a sudden change of heart and thought no i know that in my vanity i'm afraid i want paul or pt on it so um i got in touch with the kindle scout people and they let me change the cover and the author name um for kindle scout at least it's going as paul teague and they did that for me retrospectively, even though it was ready to launch on the 25th. So again, you know, Amazon, they're very good. You know, people, people like me dithering around and messing around, they will let you change stuff, which is fabulous, I think. On to the other news then. And I just wanted to do a couple of shout outs. Uh, firstly, to Jerry Dawson, who wrote me a lovely uh, email. And, uh, you know, Jerry was saying, you know, I like the diaries, particularly likes the diaries and says nobody else does the diaries. So thank you very much for that, uh, Jerry. Um, and um, Jerry, I think, listens to the... The, the podcast um, whilst uh, walking, which is great. Lovely lovely to hear how people listen to the podcast. So uh, Jerry always catches up um, with the podcast and had just asked me to send some bits and pieces that I'd mentioned in, in an old podcast because he must have found us fairly recently, um, which I did, but particularly likes the, the podcast diaries um, and, and has given me a five-star uh, iTunes review. So I just wanted to do a shout-out for Jerry to say thanks very much for your support, Jerry. I really appreciate the, the feedback uh, it really helps me to you know know what's working and what isn't working. It's also really nice to know how people listen to the podcast too. And um, next week's guest, actually, Monday's guest is Pip Reed, And Pip also tweeted this week uh, to comment that she was cooking the dinner and listening to Ron's interview, which was Monday's new interview. And, uh, you know, it's just really nice to hear what people are doing while they're listening to the podcast. This, of course, is the joy of podcasts, is that they, they're kind of replacing radio in many respects. They're better than radio in that you can listen to them while you're doing things. You know, I listen to podcasts when I exercise, when I walk. Um, in the summer, when I wake up early in the morning, I don't want to disturb my wife. I'll just put one earphone in and listen very quietly um, rather than getting up too early. So, you know, I love podcasts. They're fabulous. And I barely listen to the radio at all these days. So thank you to Pip. Thank you for Jerry. And uh, I really appreciate you getting in touch. It's really nice to know that there's somebody out there, you know, listening and, and what you're up to while you are listening. Hopefully you caught uh, this week's Author Platform Bootcamp with Ian Sutherland. Now, um, this is the third of my Author Platform Bootcamps with Ian. And he has a product called Author Platform Sidekick. Gets complicated, doesn't it? But it's Author Platform Sidekick is Ian's product. And I've been a beta tester on that for, it must be about four months now. We, we started before Christmas. And basically, I gave Ian an account. It was like an author Twitter account that had two or 300 followers on it. I hadn't done anything with it because, I, again, you know, you hear a lot of dithering on this podcast. But I was dithering about how best to manage Twitter. And I thought, right, I'll give that to Ian and we'll see what you can do with it. And um, Ian's uh, built it up to nearly 10,000 followers over a period of four months, which is phenomenal. And he's also generated, you know, through Author Platform Psychic. It's about, I can't remember what it is at the top of my head. I should have checked, actually, before I started recording. But it's about, you know, it's 420, 430 brand new subscribers for free on my email list. Now, 
I think that's pretty good. I've been on Twitter since 2009. And on my main account, I am pretty fussy about who I follow back with. But on my main account, um, we're uh, only at about 4,000, I think it is. Uh, apologies if I got that number wrong. So Ian's done phenomenally well growing my Twitter following in, in, in that length of time. Now, in the interview with Ian, I said to him, the one thing that I was concerned about, and if I changed anything about you know, using the, the platform... I would, my personal preference is I wouldn't auto retweet. I'd seen somebody on my other feed, um, you know, some pornographic, some pornographic stuff had been had been retweeted. And I, I knew it wasn't from the person. You, you know, you know, you know people when you follow them that they're not going to do that kind of stuff. And it just made me really nervous about auto retweeting stuff because I thought if you are, if you're getting, if you're putting hashtags on things, something like a hashtag like am writing, and you put it on pornographic tweets, you know, under this system, I would retweet that thinking it was a writing tweet. Um, and this is all on automatic. And, I, and that made me very jittery. And I, I talked to Ian about that in the in the in the podcast interview that we did author platform bootcamp. And he talked me through that. And he said, yes, yeah, some some authors don't don't like it. And they switch it off. But it has done, you know, warts and all, it's done really, really well for me over the last uh, four months. So, um, you know, because it's worked so well, I am affiliating um, for that particular service. And if you'd like to to buy or explore Ian's author platform sidekick, please listen to the interviews. There are three interviews in the back catalogue talking about the beginning, middle and end of that particular process. And if you want to buy through my affiliate link, you can go directly through Insight if you want to. But my affiliate link for that product is selfpublishingjourneys.com slash APS, slash APS, which stands for Author Platform Sidekick. Um, something I've done to all my websites this week, um, if you remember that I, I host my website through SiteGround. And one of the things, this is a little bit geeky, this, but one of the things that's going to happen with all websites, I think, very soon, and in actual fact, most websites, most big websites that know what they're doing are doing this now, they're putting HTTPS, that kind of um, SSL uh, certificate, the kind of thing that you go when you go to the bank when you make a purchase. It puts that little padlock on to say it's a secure connection. Now, I don't want to get too geeky about this, but um, you know, I've I've now because I I believe this is just going to become a web standard, and it's going to, it's going to be very soon. It's going to be sooner rather than later that everybody's going to have HTTPS in front of their websites because there's so much scamming and nonsense going on out there. Um, I, I just think it's going to become the sign of a, a reputable, trusted website. And even people who, frankly, don't take payments you know, or, or do anything that, that really matters that much are going to have that HTTPS. Now, on SiteGround, and again, this is an affiliate link, but I found out this week when I was doing something in, in, in my sort of day job work that actually through my affiliate link, you get a better deal. So it's like the Dragon Dictation. You can buy it without my affiliate link if you want to but you're going to be paying more for it. But if you buy it through my affiliate link, you do get a kickback. I get a kickback, but you get a better price too. So it makes it perfectly comfortable for me to recommend it. But if you want to look at SiteGround, it's paulteague.com slash SiteGround. And I think what my affiliate link does, it seems to give you a free domain name. So that's what you save. If you buy through the front end of SiteGround, you have to pay for your own domain name, but you get a free domain name if you buy through my affiliate link. And obviously I get a kickback. So you're paying less still if you buy through my affiliate link though I get a kickback from it. So it is an affiliate link. But why, why I'm telling you this is that on SiteGround, they give you this HTTPS for free. They give the very lowest level of authentication, um, which is all you need, frankly, for a, for a bog standard site. And it's just a click of a button. There's nothing technical to do. When you, when you buy these things, these SSL certificates, um, it can be quite complicated. You have to install them yourself, and it's, a, it's really quite geeky, which is why most people wouldn't have them. But with SiteGround, it's brilliant. You just click the domain name. You add the certificate. It goes, 
and it's there. So all my sites now, if you put HTTPS in front of any of my websites now, they all show as, as being a sort of legitimate secured uh, secure connection website. It authenticates that you know I own them and uh, they're legitimate websites and it just gives users more security. It's gonna become standard, you heard it here first. I know this is a little bit geeky, but let that be on your radar if you've got your own blog or website because it's coming everybody, it's coming. Another thing I've done this week, I've, I've got quite a lot done this week actually. It's, it's quite useful to do this diary because it, um, you know, sometimes you feel that you're not getting anything done, but when I do the diary and I list it like this, I can, I, I can think, oh, actually I've got quite a lot done here. So what I've done this week is I'm um, again talking to John Cron's, uh, John and, and Ron um, on, on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. They were using InstaFreebie. Ron had grown his um, list, you know, quite quite well. I think John had too, if I remember rightly. And I wanted to try InstaFreebie, so I've paid for an InstaFreebie account now, and I've listed my two freebie books, which are the Grid one and the Secret Bunker one. And I have a Mailchimp account, um, which is the only th frustratingly, it's the only thing it connects with. They need to get an API on that that connects with GetResponse, Aweber, and all the others. But at the moment, frustratingly, it connects to MailChimp. Now, I use a MailChimp for MailChimp training, and uh, I've imported some subscribers in there. I never mail to it, but I've just imported some subscribers in there just to show people what the lists look like and how it works. I never send emails from it. So in MailChimp, my free MailChimp account, I've set up two lists for the grid and for the secret bunker so that um, InstaFreebie can stick them into MailChimp. And then when I get round to it, I'm going to set up a... A Zapier connection to move the contacts automatically from MailChimp to GetResponse, and then I won't have to touch anything. I just let it sit there. Now, interestingly, I did the InstaFreebie listings. What I hadn't realised is that there's some organic element to this. I'd expected to have to promote my InstaFreebie uh, listings before anybody started finding them, but there's some organic element which I haven't figured out where it is just yet. But um, uh, people are starting to download the book already, which is fabulous, and they're going onto my list. So uh, I've already added. You know, just sitting there with no promotion, about 20 people this week uh, doing absolutely nothing. Um, so um, what I've realized, again, is that what people are doing is they're taking part in in joint ventures where marketers team up and put all their, their Insta freebie you know, giveaways on one marketing page. And then they all share it to their lists and everybody gets to grow their own list because of the shares. And because I'm a little bit geeky, I thought, well, hang on, um, I should be taking part in these, but I should be running these as well, because this is no technical pain for me to set up a page with a load of books on it with InstaFreebie links. You know, I'm the sort of person who should be doing this because I can do the geek stuff. So I've set up a couple of demo pages. And if you go to the resources page this week, you'll be able to have a look at them. I think I've got three links. I think I put three links there. So I've done two um, sci-fi and dystopian demos and one thriller demo. Now, I'm not ready to do these yet. I'm going to take part in one first. So I've, I hope I'm going to be accepted for one that's happening in February. I just feel I ought to take part in one as a as a contributor first, see how it works, see, iron out the kinks. And then I think I'm going to try doing one for myself as the giveaway host, because that seems to me for, to be a natural thing for me to do, because I could do the geek stuff really early. So I'll, I'll let you know how all that goes. But um, you know, InstaFreebie looks very, very promising. And what I'm looking for, essentially, is something that costs me less than Facebook ads that hopefully brings me good targeted lis uh, listeners or readers, I should say, readers. So that's InstaFreebie. Uh, the last bit of news for this week is that um, the second ever guest on this podcast, Annie Weir, she was guest number two. Um, Annie is a local writer uh, in Cumbria, I know her, and she posted on her uh, Facebook page this week that she'd got her first uh, PLR library earnings. And I just wanted to share this with you because I thought it was really interesting. Now, Annie has listed her book. She, she self-published it through Matador, and Matador 
uh, I really are very interested in because they, they seem to get the books in places that I wouldn't be able to get it into, for instance, libraries. So um, Annie was just reporting her first library earnings on her book. And they're really, really interesting. She'd got 117 loans in libraries over a period of six months. She gets 7.82 pence per loan. So the grand total after six months is £9.15's worth of earnings. So hopefully Annie isn't going to spend that all at once. You know, she'll maybe get some accessories for the Porsche from last month's uh, library earnings. But isn't that interesting? £9.15 for 117 loans. So no one's going to get rich unless they're a, you know, a James Patterson and they're, they're just lending all the time through libraries. But very, very informative, I thought. That's why I wanted to share it with you about the amount of money that's involved in a library loan. And, you know, you have to say, I mean, with Annie's, in Annie's case, you know, Matador take care of that through their listings channels. But you have to say to yourself, you know, um, as, as an indie author doing it all myself, if that's what I'm going to achieve and that's what I'm going to make, you know, there comes a point when you say, actually, that's probably not worth the effort of me doing that. Um, but you'll have to make your own decision on that. But I, I just found that very educative, seeing those numbers. That's it for this week's podcast diary. Thank you very much for listening. I'll have another diary for you next Saturday. And please make sure you catch my guest on Monday, who is Pip Reed. Now, Pip is running an amazing outsourced indie author business. Now, you know, I, I spoke to, to Pip primarily because she writes Bible stories for kids and the illustrations are lovely. And she's clearly doing a good job as an indie author. But as we were speaking in the interview, I was just absolutely amazed at this, um, this incredible um, outsourcing network that she has to produce her books. It's like a, a an industry that she's running. Absolutely amazing. So if you're interested in outsourcing, please listen to, to Pip on Monday. But not just that. The other thing that I thought Pip did really, really brilliantly is I've never seen an author use Pinterest as well as Pip is doing. Um, absolute amazing, brilliant, integrated use of Pinterest in terms of integrating it in her writing business. So uh, lots of uh, tricks and tips to learn from Pip. She's my next podcast guest, and that podcast is coming up on 30th of January, Monday the 30th of January. Uh, in the meantime, I will catch you with another podcast diary next Saturday. Have a great week of writing. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing. <laughs>